Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. An Erio's original. The most important thing in the world is to be kind to yourself. Yes. It's also the hardest. I've heard when people back in the day were like, you're a gay comic. Or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, when you're queer, people try to put you in that box of like, right. you're just a queer comic. You're just yeah. a gay comic. But I also want to talk about my experiences. Like it's a hard, right. ba- I find that to be a really hard balance in this industry. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Show. Today, our guest is a friend of mine who is um, kind of amazing. He does it all, everything. Um, Comedian, writer, actor, producer, director, everything. Uh, Jeff Garland. I wanted to ask, I love you, and I wanted to ask, how did I get into your show, My Kind of Town? Now, will you tell me, I can't remember how Well, odds are, if I may, and I don't know for sure, I would have submitted to them a list of people my fellow comedians that i'd want to get on the show yes yes and you uh you uh came on and played a detective you were saying that but this is a series that i did for fox uh many years ago i did six episodes i think it was uh first called uh barclays beat and Mm. then they changed the title to or was it my kind of town then Barclays? I don't remember. Point being, as I did the show, none of the episodes ever aired. Uh-huh. Ever aired. And Margaret, I played a cop, a Chicago police officer, and Margaret came on and played a uh, a police officer. Yes. And uh, Leah Remini Re- Leah, Leah Re- 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 was, Re- was, was opposite me, her and Mitchell Whitfield. Oh, Mitchell, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, and they were a couple. They had started dating on my show for yes. a while. Yes. Yes. I remember saying to him, and this is not giving up anything, especially where she's at now. I, both of us used to sleep over at Leah's house. Uh-huh. We like had like almost like slumber parties back Oh, wow. Then. Uh-huh. It's a long time ago, you know. And I remember finding inside Leah's house a pamphlet for, what's that soap that people sell in sort of a pyramid scheme? Do you know? The, oh, the, um. Amway? Amway. Amway? Which uh-huh. is based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh-huh. But it's not a cult. Right. You know? And I remember saying to him, I think her family, like shocked, I yeah. think her family sells Amway. And and Mitchell looked at me and went, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Later on I found out. But I got to say, I was uh, very co- close with Leah and still am. I yeah. love her. She's great. She's fantastic. A great yeah. human being and wonderful in every way. Uh, she uh, um, 
Never pushed Scientology on me. Yeah, I didn't even know. I had no idea that she was a Scientologist. So, yeah. uh, whatever they say, you know, mm. she never pushed it. Because she was dating Mitchell, I know he took a class or two, mm-hmm. but said, I can't, you know. Yeah. And I think that may have ultimately broken them up. Yeah. Because they were way into each other. Um, yeah, so I, I told her. I actually volunteered to be on her show. Uh, the first season, mm-hmm. but I it didn't. You know, they had more they had more gripping guests than me on her uh, Scientology show. Yes, Scientology. Oh show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know anything about. I don't know anything about Scientology except for Judy. Remember Judy Toll? Remember Judy Toll? One of my ex-wife's best friends, mm-hmm. Judy Toll, was in the pilot for Curb Your Enthusiasm, playing yeah. an HBO executive. Judy Toll, I loved. Thought was hilarious. I used to perform with her. Mm-hmm. She'd do stand-up on my shows and stuff. I didn't know how brilliant she was until I went to her memorial. Mm-hmm. And they showed all these videos of her. Yeah. And I'm like going, she was so much better than I even thought. And I thought highly of her. Yeah, she it was, was great. a sad, sad thing. And she died. She, she, in case you're she not died. getting it from, uh, she, she, died, <laughs> she died, but she was also um, Andrea Dice Clay. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, Andrea Dice Clay. Yeah, it was her thing. That yeah. was so great. Yeah, the- no, she was a great person. Yeah. Yeah. No, all the, you know, look, people out here especially are looking for something just to make it feel okay and warm. Right. And sometimes that's a cult. Well, I could see why people would want to, they would want to join anything like there are always these cults that rise up around um, acting coaches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or um, Scientology did that famously. Yeah. 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 Or therapists. Yep. You know, anybody who is here to tell you what to do, uh, maybe even probably psychics too. Yeah. They probably have cults around them. Yeah. I don't know. I've never actually, I think I did one where I did have a therapist that did kind of have a cult around her, but I couldn't afford it. It was too expensive after a while, so I stopped going. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I got to tell you, it's it's all a big journey, and I'm still growing at 57, Mm -hmm. but when I look back on things I did, choices I made, I have nothing that I'm like embarrassed about or uh i don't even have regrets right you know someone said do you have any regrets and i said no and they were like in the audience because i do q a yeah i said but let me be clear to all of you i have made hundreds upon thousands of mistakes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i anticipate also being a man making many more mistakes yeah because it's in our dna yeah men make mistakes women do too but not like men men on a daily basis (laughs) how am i going to screw up today who am i going to offend today Mm -hmm. through all being good-hearted right you know it just it's going to happen so i don't want anyone to think because i don't have regrets that i uh don't make mistakes mm. oh do i make mistakes yeah mm. yeah i mean by the way you know it's not a mistake coming here today <laughs> this is not a mistake nope not a mistake but it's like uh i i wouldn't i don't know but you you have a very um successful life so making mistakes doesn't mean you're not going to be successful in what you choose to do without a doubt you know? but i mean i think mistakes mostly are unless you really do i don't know what kind of mistakes you can make to kill your career except for breaking the law or yeah breaking the law you know what in, in yeah. some way um but i i know that um mistakes are all about who you are as a person mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. if you are as kind and thoughtful and as good a person as you can be yeah. on that journey. And by the way, my biggest lesson in life, 
Well, there's two of them. One is the most important thing in the world is to be kind to yourself. Yes. It's also the hardest. Right. It's so, di- it's always people say, be kind to yourself. Well, that sounds great, but, but you should attempt it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I usually say could. I'm telling everybody they should attempt to be kind to yourself. Because if you're kind to yourself, you're going to be kind to others. Right. It just, it goes hand in hand. When you've got self-loathing, you're not going to be so kind to other people. No, it's true. It's, it, it, but the other thing that I learned that's my big uh, thing is to, um, I'm all about being confident, which I'm supremely confident in certain areas, comedy being one of them, mm-hmm. but also to be humble and grateful for the opportunity for everything. And I aspire to, I thought that I could eliminate it and that's ego. You can't eliminate ego because we're human beings, Mm. but you can train yourself to recognize ego, that that's your Mm. motivation. Like, why am I doing this? Mm. You know, like I mentioned to you earlier, uh, something that I've done recently where I said to myself, are you doing this because of ego? Well, I was talking about if I'm dating a younger woman Mm -hmm. and uh, what's my motivation? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. is it because I'm afraid of death? Is it because of ego? It's like other people go, look at him. Mm. Look what he did. And that's what I always question. That's the most recent one that I questioned. Yeah. That would, I mean, I wonder about that I'm not dating someone young. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's kind of like, um, yeah, I've dated younger people people but then that's mostly like kind of a newer thing for me um just because uh in life in general i've always had like older friends right and older uh lovers right by the way when i first met you Mm -hmm. you felt like you had an old soul oh that's good no you did that's good you felt you 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 were a delight. I I remember clearly I remember like I told you I remember clearly when we first met in San Francisco but you are you are someone who if you were dating someone in their 50s and you're in your late 20s mm-hmm. it would make sense to me yeah yeah it'd be like oh she is a substantial woman mm-hmm. to be with a man who's that age and by yeah. the way as we know just because you're in your 50s doesn't mean you're you have a sense of uh uh, maturity or, or, or depth or, yeah. or gravitas. Mm-hmm. I think you're curious, though. I think that you have Very a childlike, curious. Yeah. Like, curious nature. Yeah. Which is really good. Well, but I think anyone who's a good comedian, that would be true. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That's I, true. I, that's true of you. Yeah. The things you talk about on stage, curiosity has so much to do with that. Right. Yeah. And just wanting to know. Yeah. Just, yeah. But I think a lot about, yeah, like Toy Boat, where we met in yeah. San Francisco, and the comedy club was the Holy City Zoo. Holy City Zoo, that yep. was, Were you playing that club that yep. week? Yep, I was playing Holy City Zoo. I played there numerous times with Laura Keitlinger oh, or, yeah. or um, uh, Ginny Garofalo. Yes. That's who I played. And Bob Fisher was yeah, the Yeah, Bob Fisher who, was the booker. Booker and you know, owner, you know. Yeah, and, and then uh, Becky, uh, Rebecca Spencer, who... Was the was, was the, Robin's assistant, yes. Robin Williams' assistant, and she was the bartender. Right. Yeah, no, that was... And also, that was a place, Holy City Zoo, in its history, most famous for where Robin Williams worked out. Right. He did uh, sets there. He would ride his bike over from Marin, uh-huh. like some of the nights that uh, we would all be there. He would come. And were you there during the era where at night, like after all of the shows would get out, all the comics would come to the zoo and we would be like on all sort of doing sets or or um, 
I keep remembering you being there because it would be like Robin and Jeremy Kramer on stage making fun of Perry Kurtz on the other side of the stage <laughs> yes. trying to do a set. Yes, that's very funny. Yes, stuff like that. I was there all that. It was that wasn't that was. You know, you look back because comedy is so precise in comedy clubs. That was an artist haven for comedians. Right. The the room was so strange. It was. It almost looked like you, it almost felt like you were performing on a bunk bed. Yeah, it was. Am it I was wrong? very much a bunk bed. Yeah. Because it, it had like kind of a weird um, little roof on it, and yeah. like uh, upstairs there was like a little set, like like the Muppets, those old men yes, in the Muppets, the old men, yeah, the sitting up there on the balcony. No, that but but there was here's the thing. Even though comedy had become big bigger in the 70s, obviously the uh first comedy boom was in the 80s. I think the second one's now. Mm-hmm. But the um that was uh, all about artistry. Right. Nothing. And that has to do with Bob Fisher too because he was about that. Yeah. He he was about the art of stand up. Mm-hmm. And not very often do you have people who anymore at any point where it's about that yeah and i'm gonna ask you something Mm -hmm. okay okay so this american girl was that the name of it all american girl all american yes i remember watching it with janine and saying out loud why does she have to say those lines (laughs) why does she have to do that yeah yeah this is this is terrible for her yeah i apologize you know yeah yeah but but i i really felt like they're not doing anything with who they have. Right. They have someone of substance. Yeah. And then when you started talking about the weight stuff, I was like, who can I beat up? Oh. Who can I? Well, because yeah. what does being thin have to do with comedy? Right. At any point. And yeah. also, you're curvy. Mm-hmm. You're all woman. Right. What does thin <laughs> have to do with comedy and all that? So now who you are in your career, mm-hmm. is there enough money in the world for them to for you to do the sequel to that show in terms know. of the same type of writing. I don't think so. Same. I mean it's not the same. It, it's it to me it's like they I didn't know what to do though cuz I was so That's young and I didn't point. understand. Because you're at a point now. Yeah. We were talking about wanting to do procedurals cuz yeah, we yeah. both love English procedurals. Yes. It's about Look, we work for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm in your home. Mm-hmm. We have homes. I have, a, I have an ex-wife. I have children. who I love all of them. I have to take care of them. Yes. I have responsibility. But I'll be damned, mm-hmm. damned if I do something that doesn't bring me joy. Yeah. Well, see, that's the problem with doing sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Is sitcoms in general, the material's not rich. Mm-hmm. So you've got two or three takes. Yeah. And then... It's gone. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, uh, when I do something like the Goldbergs, there's a lot of coverage and a lot mm-hmm. of takes, and it gets stale for me. And I have to look to the director. You got to give me something to find it here because yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. You know? But that's where the magic is, too, is like if you can really do that in like um, multiple takes and mm-hmm. get the, get, you know, then, then I really like, I think, oh, wow, actors have a kind of magic that, you know, really is unbelievable. Oh, it most certainly is. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time when we do Curb. Mm-hmm. Because the magic comes out of people like right away. It's so yeah. beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah. Everybody on there, you guys are so, everybody's so great and so well, fun. We're all present and not one actor at any point in the history of the show mm-hmm. ever believed the hype. Mm-hmm. We just do it our way. Because when we first started the show, 
uh, we were referred to by HBO as their little experimental show. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. And we've gone on to be the longest running show in the history of HBO. Yeah, yeah. And which is really exciting. But man, we just did early on what we thought was funny. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. There was no like people aren't going to get this or whatever. We did what we thought was funny, mm -hmm. and that brought a lot of joy. And I literally, when I filmed that show, laugh all day long. I'm sure. I laugh in scenes because we've made it appropriate yeah. on our show. If someone says something funny, the other person's going to laugh. You have to laugh, yeah. Yeah. You just have and to. And we're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, But even off camera, all day. Yeah. And that, and that doesn't mean I'm not working hard or we're not no, working no, hard. No, no, but it's But great. it's just so damn joyful. Yeah. And the improvising is so freeing mm. and removes stress from the whole thing. Yeah. Because the hardest thing about acting, hardest thing to me, if you're a good actor, is learning lines. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah, it can be really hard. Or like now for me with the Goldbergs, I learn it like snapping my fingers. Yeah. I remember being, I was a villain once on Baywatch. Ooh. It was the best acting I ever did and the worst acting. Oh my God. The worst acting because I'm not good enough to rise up a bad material. Uh -huh. And the best acting because I had scenes with David Hasselhoff and uh, he's yelling at me because I'm the villain. Uh -huh. And uh, I didn't laugh. Oh. I mean, when you don't laugh and David Hasselhoff's it's... yelling at you, that's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like that. But I remember the other actors having, they gave, they give the guests the most dialogue, but the other actors would literally, they were so, it's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. They would like look at it once or twice and know it. And yeah. Like, How do they do that? But they worked every day. So like now on the Goldbergs, I I don't look at it till the night before. I look once. I look once in the chair. I run it in the scene, you know, the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And then I work with my dialogue coach and I run it two or three times and I'm completely off book. Yeah, it's I think boom. your brain grows yep, to accommodate. Well, it's a muscle that works for that, you know. And then you know your character well enough now because you'll say things in a certain way that right. your character would say it in. Yeah. So you get used to that part yeah. of yeah. that character becomes easy. Very much so. It's yeah. great. But, uh, but David but the, Hasselhoff would throw me off. <laughs> I would be. By the way, would throw anyone off. So I'm very proud of my accomplishment would, on there. Really but the material was terrible. But David I was Hasselhoff. an evil disc jockey who took over the beach. Oh my God, that's great. So does that I give you an idea? That. I have to watch that now. I uh, I love that. Did you have any scenes with Pamela? I most certainly did. It's incredible. I even had... I, I had a thing with Pam Anderson, like a romantic run, slow motion running thing. I love it. And then... We were supposed to kiss, and she, it was the first day I worked, and she wouldn't kiss me. She's like, "Nah, I don't know him. I'm, you know." And then she told me later in the week. She goes, "I would have so now. I would have so totally kissed you." Oh, I thought that was very nice. She's of her. lovely. She's a good. She's she's a good egg. She's a real fan of comedy. She's very. When I, I mean, that's the only time I spent with her, and she was really delightful. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Most people who do what we do are delightful. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they're kind. It's the one every once in a while you go, really? How about that? <laughs> you know, someone who's just such a jerk. You just well, go, wow. David Hasselhoff is interesting. The only time I've ever uh, been around him, he was acting real weird, and he um, smelled like chem sex. He smelled kind of like poppers, which I don't know if it was my imagination or. Wow, well, if he was on poppers, how can he be a normal person? I, I don't know if he was, but by the way, he, he seemed a very to smell nice, like nice that. man. He's a nice man, and uh, yes, an interesting man, very yeah. odd. Yes. I think. Yeah, well, I think it's just the whole premise of David Hasselhoff is odd. Is odd, but he yeah. was great in the SpongeBob movie. 
He's a kind of great in everything. No, I know. I know. He's great He's in David all Hasselhoff. things. I, um, oh, yeah. Then I love SpongeBob, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. I got to do one. Which one? Last season. I played a guinea pig. Ooh. Only people saw after they had some bad, crusty crabs. Oh. And it was like, it was a takeoff on LSD. Oh, wow. And uh, I was also a villain. I was, a, I was, I turned out to be a bad guinea pig. But it was great fun. Yeah, why are you get you get the villain parts? That's a fun that's animated. A fun I've done quite a few villain parts yes. animated. Yes, but in real life, I remember I shaved my head for Curb, and um, Ben Stiller had get was guesting that season, and he's like, "You have to play a villain." Mm-hmm. I'd love to play a villain, but yeah. I also I'm not an actor, even though I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm a comedian more than anything so i've had opportunities to play like uh, pedophiles and mm-hmm. different i mean i uh, one time i took a role i it just was too tempting and i did on law and order Ooh, yeah, and yeah. i played a murderer and a rapist oh wow and i normally wouldn't do that just because i i love it. i want to see that one now yeah. i haven't seen uh, by that. the way it aired uh-huh. the same night that i made my debut on wizards of waverly place oh and wow I just would scream out to everybody that's range <laughs> it that's is range. range that is range yeah i love it but i um so which uh, wait was it an svu or it was, was it a, it was svu and yep. uh what was the so what what I year actually was that? played a character based on loosely based on harvey weinstein Oh, wow. That's and this is great. before anything. Yeah, that's great. By the way, I really hate that people have said that everybody knew because that's a lie. Yeah. If I, I worked with them once. He was not a, a, a kind gentleman. And I would have taken out a Twitter page every day and mm-hmm. tweeted Harvey Weinstein's a rapist mm-hmm. every single day yeah. if I had known. Yeah. Because he was, he was, he was, he's one of the worst people I've ever met in show business. Yeah. In terms of just being a jerk. Yeah. And, and I, that's how much of a jerk he is. I don't mind saying it on your show. Of course, of course. At all. Yeah. And even, I would have said it before all the things right. went down. Right, So, but the thing is, I knew nobody who knew that about him, including people who worked with him and did a lot yeah. of movies with him. Yeah. So if you did know, shame on you. Yeah, yeah. But. I didn't know, and most people I don't know. So when that always coming out, and you know, you see people go, "Ah, everybody knew." I'm like, "Who? Who knew?" Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I didn't know. I mean, I think it's yeah. It's you terrible. hear rumors. I remember hearing rumors about Bill Cosby. Do you know the, I remember discussing, and I'm bringing his name and whatever. But Bob Newhart and I were talking. Bob Newhart's one of my heroes. Yeah, yeah, he's great, nice man. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how we had both heard. From years ago, mm. that Bill Cosby would be with showgirls, like cheated on his wife in Vegas and uh-huh. stuff, and they had worked. Like you heard rumors of that. Right. You never heard that he was drugging anyone no, no. to do that ever. But you heard that he, like, here I am, this young comedian, mm-hmm. and I've heard that Bill Cosby is screwing showgirls. Yeah. How the fuck do I know this? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, but little did I know that, it, like, I'm saying, what I'm saying is these weird, weird behaviors. I don't know that anyone knows any of this shit. Yeah, or that 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 it, it you know only the people who it happened to know. Right, and that's right. A lot of people right. that it happened uh, but, to. But 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 outside of those people, right. If you did know any of this stuff, shame on you. Really. Yeah, yeah. Really, you you should have either reported to. I know it's hard. What authorities you call the police? I hear Harvey Weinstein's a rapist. What's your proof? Oh, I hear. You know, like you don't yeah. have, but you could. 
even through subtext, uh, uh, subtle ways, mm-hmm. get people to realize that. Well, I think in show business, though, there's so many people who just are, are afraid. They're just Man, afraid. Can I just say something to you? Mm-hmm. I'm always telling my kids this. I tell them a lot of stuff. The difference between everyone is afraid, mm-hmm. period. Successful people don't let fear paralyze them. Right. That's really the difference. Mm-hmm. Like you did. Okay. I'm going to point out you. Mm-hmm. You had your belly dancing festival. Yes. Yes. But I remember when you, it, the, probably the first time you ever did that on stage, you were yes. probably terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It was scary. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> did you let it stop you? No, no. That's exactly right. Yes. And so Hollywood, especially when there was blacklisting and all this, mm-hmm. there's always been fear. Mm-hmm. And mostly the fear is pe- are people behind the scenes. Yeah. Some actors are scared what people think. And you're not going to get anywhere as a comedian when you're worried about what people think. Right. But man, that fear just leads to people damaging one another. It's true. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah. Well, we're fearless. We are fearless. Well, no, I, I say I don't think fear. The fear is there, but, but we, we do don't, it in we don't spite like, of it. In spite of it, like yeah, fuck you, fear. And also, <laughs> by the way, I'll point out you. You're a person who's like fuck you, adversity. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, that's the way you see. That's how you handle it. A young a bus boy last night at the restaurant I was at said, mm-hmm. "Can I?" Have, but before my date got there, can I ask you some you know advice? I said, "Sure." Mm-hmm. He goes, "What What do you recommend for?" I go, "I go first off. I want to tell you, there's no secret for success except mm-hmm. for one thing." Mm-hmm. I said, keep moving forward. Try this, try that. He was like 21. Aww. I'm like, just keep doing stuff. Yeah. What will feel right will feel right as you go, but keep moving forward. Right. That's the thing, man. Adversity and all the uh, things that come at you, you just have to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's the secret to success. It's true. There is no other secret. Yes. I mean, God willing, you're you're talented. God willing, you do the most with your talent. But even then, you and I know supremely talented people who didn't make it. And yes. Then, but when you look at the reason they didn't make it, it would be fear-based. It right. would be, there's something that goes along. Yeah. Tony Bill, who was an actor, producer, director. Mm-hmm. Uh, his most famous film was My Bodyguard that he made. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was very, but I saw him once on, Letterman, like the 1230 Letterman. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um, he's never seen anybody who's great not make it. Mm-hmm. And I can look back on my career and I can say, I've never seen anybody who's great not make it who kept moving forward. Right. Who right. kept moving forward. Who during those, it's like you also look at, there's actors I know who now are even in their 40s, they haven't had their big break. They work. Yeah. But I think, it's not if, it's when. Yeah, right. When you're too good. Yeah. There's going to be that role yeah. that pops out, mm-hmm. you know, that that makes you known, you yeah. know. It takes it just you just got to keep moving forward, man. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. And then it happens, like it just happens, like it it figures you out, like yeah. the world figures you out. The world figures you out at this. So it's a journey. Mm-hmm. That's why to be kind to yourself and find joy in your journey. Is a much better way to go about it. And I, when I was younger, didn't know that. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's hard. No, it's, it's hard by to way, know. It's virtually impossible. Yeah. Unless you have someone like me explaining and you trust me. Yeah. Because you know, I, I help younger comedians all the time. That's good. Yeah. That's really time. great. That's like, a, that's a jam of mine. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing to do, too, mm-hmm. because that's very important and that's very generous. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's what we need. Because, I mean, I think 
I definitely had that with older comics. Most definitely, younger, yeah. You know, yeah. for sure. I mean, with like people like Joan Rivers or like... Um, Joan Rivers, I love Joan. She was awesome. I only got to know her the last couple of years of her she life. great, yeah. Yeah, she was really great. She was really special. Yeah. I got that from like Alan King or like... Alan King. <laughs> the great, By the way, the greatest. Alan King, who people don't know, yeah. was... Not a good comedian, uh-huh. a great comedian. Great, really great. One of the best performances I ever saw was Alan King. I was probably 30 years old, 29 years old, so I've been doing comedy for 10 years. And I saw him in Chicago, mm-hmm. and it was the most personal, interesting, funny set. Mm. I couldn't believe how great yeah, he was. so great. I was like, wow. And so, but by the way, most young comics wouldn't even know who Alan King is. Yeah, they won't know. But, but there was a reputation that he might be hackneyed back then. Just saying the name Alan King yeah. sounds like, and he was supremely great. He was super great. Yeah. Also, um, Charles Grodin, who wasn't a comic, but right. he was just a, he's just a good guy. Yeah, very really much good so. Guy. A hero of mine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one or, of the greatest yeah. comedies of all time. So great. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I like, I love, I in, love that. He was in the Heartbreak Kid, and he was in Midnight Run, two of the best yeah. you could ever see. Yeah, such a great guy. Yeah, but those comics, and and Bob Newhart, of course, he's amazing. Amazing, that's. I hope that people talk about uh, you and I that way. They should. I hope they should. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I hope. I hope. <laughs> they have to. Well, I'm so glad that you came over today. I. I'm honored to have been in your presence in your home. We had the best time. Yes. And now, uh, so where can people find you on your socials? And Okay, the most important thing mm-hmm. is that they watch my new Netflix special. Awesome, yes. That's number one because I captured lightning in a bottle. That's great. I'm known for going up and not having any material yeah. and just improvising. And so because it was a Netflix special, I worked three years on having a real substantial beginning, middle, and an end. Uh-huh. Uh, so I captured that in the first show that I filmed. Mm-hmm. The second show, knowing I had the other in the bag and I was happy mm-hmm. with it, I went nuts. Yeah. That's the special. Yeah. The second show is the special. It's called Our Man in Chicago. And I am thrilled with how it came out. I so love it. people should watch that. And then, in terms of me, social media, I am strictly Instagram. Yes. Uh, I, I, I had a lot of followers on Twitter. I gave it up because how long until I make somebody upset? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to include a picture on Instagram. And, and also, the amount of people that write hateful things is so much less on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And whenever I find someone where I'm like, why would someone write that? And I go to their page. Mm-hmm. Their page has no posts. Right. And they follow a bunch of people. Yeah. No one really follows them. Right. They have no posts. And they're there to write hateful things. Yeah. But what if I told you that happens once a month maybe? Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. a month maybe. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, it was, every, I mean, I mean, uh, 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 Twitter, it was every day. Yeah. So I'm Jeff Garland on, um, at Jeff Garland on uh, Instagram. And that and Instagram makes me happy. I love Instagram. I, I do too. It. Yeah, it's really joyful. I love oh, it. Oh, I'm going to follow you. I never followed yeah. you. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. I'll be following you. Perfect. And your adventures. Thank you. The Adventures of Margaret Cho. <laughs> and Lucia. And Lucia, who is so adorable. She's so cute. All right. Thank you, Margaret. Thanks, Jeff. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now we talk to the wonderful comedian Mav Viola. I started to be an actress in the 90s, and the demands on uh, women, their body shape, was so outrageous to yeah. be so thin that, like, I just couldn't even, I, I, I had to sort of, like, opt out because I, could? couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's horrifying. I had to eat. You have much. to eat. I modeled when I was younger, mm. and it, they're like, here's a list of things you can't eat, and it was just all things oh. that don't even have calories. It's like olives and, like, mustard. Because it retain, it's like salty and you retain water. Oh, it's horrifying. So where did you model? Um, I did local stuff, and then when I moved out here, I did some runway stuff, mm-hmm. and then I I literally could not do it. It was so boring and mm. so like they're just you can't eat anything, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's awful. It's it it is like um, I mean I do love um, the way that models do their job like I love like the look of um somebody who's used to being photographed yes. who knows what to do with the yes. camera which I think is really it some of it is like natural and then some of it comes through with work mm-hmm. and I it's agree. quite quite powerful yeah you know so um I I do appreciate the idea of it um I tried to be a model uh when I was really really young I was in an agency called Stars in San Francisco amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I had my shot, my my headshots done, uh, and then I was trying. I did get oh, a, cute. a little bit of uh, work. Uh, I was uh, hired to um, run away from uh, Godzilla. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, what were you wearing? Um, I think a backpack, and I made like four thousand dollars, which yeah. was like kind of like a sizable amount of money. I would do. I would run from Godzilla now for yeah. that. That was hundred percent. That was a quite a quite a good gig, um, but that was maybe in like the eighties. And then I got another job. My first Hollywood job was working on a show called Totally Hidden Video, which was a lot like Candid Camera. Yeah. And I uh, uh, was uh, in a trailer, and I was cleaning it, and some people were coming by to buy it, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they would come over, and then. Um, other uh, animals would start to come over. So then the, at the end of the sketch, there was a uh, chicken and like a donkey in there. I mean, it was really... It That's was, actually fun. It was actually fun because yeah. of the cute animals. What was your first Hollywood job? Oh, God. First the or movie with you and Eliza. Like um, um, <laughs> any kind of uh, like um, jo- job, like I a modeling did, job. I did... Out here, I did a runway show that did, went down Hollywood Boulevard. Oh. And they put me in this like... See, it was... No, it was horrifying. They put me in this like mermaid looking like green like sequin gown and did my hair up I looked like I was going to like prom in Kansas it was really really bad it wasn't that cute Uh, but that was like my first decently paid job and then I did and then when I cut all my hair off that was kind of cool I started modeling again just a little bit and I did a Mm. campaign for a barber hairline product um yeah and that was really fun like that was a little different I I took that one on and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like this I hated modeling but Mm. that one was cool because I got to kind of be myself I think if you can in some way either remove yourself from yourself and like become something else it's cool or if you can totally they want you for who you are yeah then it's fun and empowering yeah but the you, weird in between 
Yeah. I mean, I think you would have been a great model if you were around doing shows or doing commercials in the 90s because you would have been a great CK1. Yeah. that's Thank you. That's very sweet. That would have been really good. Uh, like Jenny Shimizu. Yes. Oh, I love her. God. She's like the she's best model. She's so amazing. Yeah. She's such a beautiful woman. She's beautiful. Didn't she go out with Angelina Jolie for like yeah. forever? Yeah. That's so hot. And uh, now she's, um, she looks the same. Yeah. Uh, she's about my age. She is, she looks the same. I yeah. mean, it's so crazy like how she is just perfect. Doesn't age. I think she she's does perfect. like, um, she has a motorcycle uh, repair shop. Of course. That's and, so hot. And um, she's married. Her wife is really beautiful. Her wife is really beautiful. Her wife was dark green mascara oh. it's really fast oh like, that's fabulous like fashion dykes that yeah. you just like aspirational fashion dykes. I, whenever i see them like, fuck you like i just can't i would give anything that's so cool it's so they're so cool i feel like i don't know like i don't know enough about aspirational lesbians does that like i feel like i don't i don't know if i'm like i turn a blind eye or if like i don't know what it is but i have I, a pinterest board do you that's all aspirational <laughs> lesbians through that's uh, how i will learn history well like gertrude stein and alice yeah. Toklas, or like um aspirational lesbians like pola negri oh yes from the 20s uh who uh was i guess a famous lover of rudolph valentino but they were both queer god that's hot apparently so I like that too. I yeah. like when a queer woman decides to be with a queer man and they try it out. Yeah, I think that's cool. That's really I, I would think, have done beautiful. If I had been born a man and mm-hmm. had been an androgynous man, I would have I would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cuz I do th- I do kind of wish that when people ask me about my gender, I'm like, I wish that I'd been born male, biologically mm-hmm. male, and then played around with gender like feminine femininity. Right. That's right. I would have preferred that than right. like being born female. And, and playing around with masculinity. It's, um, well, I think like the, that though, like playing around with masculinity is really interesting because you can anthropomorphize a lot more. Like when I wear yeah. a strap on, when I'm packing, when which I, I will do sometimes. Do you? Yeah. I didn't know that. I pack sometimes. Ooh, that's hot. I mean, it, I feel like the extension of the, I feel the nerve endings in my phallus, even wow. though it's, you know, silicone yeah. or whatever. No, it's like phantom phallus. I yeah, I do feel, yeah. and if it's in being inserted, I really feel like my partner opening up to receive it. It's a very intimate thing. Yeah, but it's also really like I do. I feel like it's easy to feel it I, as opposed to like having a penis yeah. and feeling like um, you didn't have one or feeling like what it, I don't know. No, that's really interesting. I don't. I always think that I'm not. I wouldn't like that mm. because it's this separate object for me. Right. But now you're changing. You're changing my mind a little bit. I might well, have to go shopping. I mean, yeah. You ever, you ever <laughs> you know, don't have a strap on? No, I did. I did years and years ago mm. um, with a partner who liked that and wanted that. And I've always said with anyone I've been with, like if that's something that you need or are interested in or want, like of course let's do it. Mm-hmm. But it's not been something that I personally have wanted to explore. I've yeah. always been scared of it thinking it's maybe it's going to like I found a good place with my gender mm-hmm. and I get really nervous that it's gonna somehow throw me and in, do a tailspin of you know yeah like I'm just gonna lose my mind and be like I need a penis and <laughs> I can't get one well, you we, know? Can, we can have them and we can have anything but it yeah. is like I mean for me um and it's definitely like for me it's not about identity it's about um it's about sex yeah so that's what I, I would use it for I would never say that like oh well I actually um I couldn't identify as uh, non-binary because it doesn't. I, I, do, I wouldn't adopt it in like daily life right. necessarily. But I do think sexually, yes. Right. So I I do appreciate like the idea of like kind of being able to transform gender with toys. I mean, my favorite thing. I love really sex lovely. toys. 
yeah. love they're my favorite yeah are you a, a toy fan? I, no, so I, it's so, I'm embarrassed to say that like I'm. There's a lot of things I'm like I don't know. I'm starting mm-hmm. to get to know myself better because I, I grew up super like Virginia religion Christianity. Yeah, and it, it's you'd think that coming out would and being gender fluid and all these things would like lend itself to d- exploring toys and all the things really quickly or mm-hmm. but it just hasn't I've it's taken me a long time like I'm like the most concerned I look like I wouldn't be but I'm so conservative and like mm. uptight when it comes to that stuff that's amazing yeah. that's great yeah. I mean it's great because it's like we can be anything it doesn't yeah. matter and it doesn't make a, a difference like you can still be gay and not necessarily embrace everything yeah. that's out there you know and that like you know, it's like you're who you are doesn't mean much when it comes to like the landscape of who we are as a as, right. a, as, a, as a community. Yeah. But um, I started to uh, explore toys really. Young. So I started out like as a lesbian. Yeah. And I was That's really right. very queer as a, um, a teenager. And uh, so I discovered like kind of my heterosexual side a little later. But when I was a teenager, I worked at Stormy Leather, which was a... Um, BDSM lesbian collective. And How it was, old were you? I was probably like 17, 16, That's amazing. 17. And the woman who ran it was like the heaviest leather bottom. <laughs> like all of the women would talk about her with like a with an air of respect around her name. Like they would breathe her name with respect because she could take a lot of wow. shit. Yeah. A lot of pain, <laughs> a lot of suffering. I mean, I remember even there was a period of time where all of the girls there were like into scat. And so they were selling like this vegan bean product <laughs> that could be molded into turds that you could no. not actually eat. And it was no. just like a protein. Well, I feel like that could come back. It was, yeah, it was like a bean a brewer's yeast kind of a... <laughs> Uh, confection <laughs> and um, but yeah they were deeply into uh, BDSM because in the 80s and 90s we were so down with our brothers who were suffering from AIDS and HIV and all of the the prom- complications yeah so we were really invested in finding a way to be sexual without fluid bonding mm. so um, even to the point of like using dental dams which didn't last yeah uh, but it Those was are- like a nightmare yeah have you ever used I've one tried, yeah it's it's weird what it, it's awful it's weird i don't know if i did it wrong but it's it, it didn't make any sense a lick of no, sense it did it's it doesn't a make a lick of sense and it's also but it was a way to have solidarity as a gay community yeah. i think that's now, really beautiful yeah i think looking yeah. back like we were trying to find a way to unite with the men wow. and also trying to say we're all under this disease we are all we all have this wow. you know we're I think Diamanda Galas has a tattoo that says we are all HIV positive. Wow. And that was like the, the sentiment. That's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And so um, there was, BDSM was like a really big deal. And then so toys became the sort of natural extension of how I sort of absorbed sexuality and thought yeah. about it. And um, so I love the uh, Hitachi Magic Wand. Still, there's no better. What is that? You I don't, don't even know what that is. It's a vibrator that... Uh, it, it, is that the one on... It's the white with the blue yep. um, that's controls. The one on, is it on Sex and the City? Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That one's... That's that's awesome. It's a really strong vibrator, but now they have a rechargeable... In the last decade or so, they've had the rechargeable one, yeah. which has really changed the game. Right. Because usually you would have to have like an extension cord because the short, <laughs> shortness of the cord is like six feet. <laughs> um, but now, it's, you know, you have a long one. Uh, but I, uh, so anything you can get at Brookstone, yeah. I pretty much fuck with it. Like I will use it to fuck something. I'm into that though. Yeah. If, if you can take me.
me to Brookstone, yeah. like I'll use any of that. It's the yeah. sex, it's like the sex shops oh. that I walk in and I immediately like, I'm turning to my mother and, oh, I, and okay. I'm just a wreck, but I'm okay. down. I'm yeah. totally down. I just need somebody else to like take that. Like I have to be with somebody who's like, I got you. Oh, take the initiative and, and like, initiative. let's go shopping yeah. and let's look at what And like decide that. and make yeah. all the decisions and I'll just stand there and like panic. Well, there's a whole like group of like sex stores now that are really catered to queers and women. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, Babeland or Good Vibrations, of course. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of uh, e-tailers, too, that are sort of... You might have to just take me. We might have to yeah, just Yeah, we can just go. <laughs> I'll um, just sweat bullets the whole time. Um, I do love um, any kind of uh, butt plug. Like using it on someone or using it on you? Both. Both. All I like it. anything. Anything in, but. Yeah, in I'm, my, I'm, I'm into the butt. Yeah. I do love an anal orgasm. This is my thing for 2020 yeah lots of anal orgasms yeah. i think that's really yeah that's, i i couldn't be in more agreement with you yeah it's it's a really nice place it's my other pussy <laughs> and there's so many chambers <laughs> like don't you feel like once you're in there yeah it's real tight getting in and then once you're in you're like right what i had no idea that there was so there's much going so on so many things so many rooms it's like an escape room it, <laughs> it's a panic room <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. You can't get out. You can't get out. Jodie Foster's in there. <laughs> I mean, I... Um, Wait, who's the little girl? Isn't that uh, isn't that Stuart, Kristen Stewart? Yes. Yeah, she's so in, cute. She's definitely in there. She's super cute. She's so cute. Um, I knew she was gay in that movie she's for so sure. She's so hot, yeah. She's so gay. She's so hot. And, and I love... Yeah, I love her. I um, But yeah, I think like... Yeah, the sort of like the toys, I think... I always think about like toys being emblematic of lesbian sexuality, but there's a whole like class of lesbians who just are not into toys that that's are, me i literally do nothing don't need it i'm so boring no it's not boring. but i but i also like kind of feel weirdly proud of that like yeah like if it if i'm sat great if i'm satisfied but i'm but i'm it's 2020 i'm time to move on like the the i've been seeing somebody who's like wants to get into toys i'm like okay i gotta yeah i gotta figure this out yeah because you know what i mean i gotta um, take my sports bra off and like yeah 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 actually yeah become an adult a lesbian adult you well you know you got have all this like um technology at your disposal yeah to kind of like do things and and um you know learn about whatever um there's uh yeah the the vibrator thing has really changed my sexuality over time so i i feel like you know everybody should get in on it i just feel like i'm gonna come so fast you know that's true like just boop done because i already do okay you know see that's good it, that's good because then it's like you're you're really in touch with your body yeah you know for me like i'm so far like i have to it take, takes you a long time I have, it takes me forever really and then it's like it, you know that's why i'm sort of like i kind of hover around it like i try to like get there like and hover around it yeah. get close yeah you know like if you're like at the airport there i'm like in the cell phone parking lot <laughs> yep like because i just <laughs> I can't have, go there. It takes so long. It's yeah. like going to the airport. No, I'm right there. Yeah. I'm a hot spot. It's good. Yeah. That's good. I think, but that, that's probably why I've not really gotten into toys and stuff because I'm like, let you me just do to. this. Like, you I'm don't need to. done, you know? Because you're young and you don't have to. Do you ever talk about that as a, as a comic? No, but I should, huh? Maybe. Well, it's an interesting thing because I think that so many women are not orgasmic. Yeah. They're not. I mean, they're really not. They need to. You have to look. I'll be down there forever. Right. Like to the point where, you know, you're tongue hurts the next day yeah <laughs> like you're of course just need a brace for my tongue i know it's because bad. it's like a very um it's i think because we're so uh conditioned to not be sexual mm-hmm. in, in subtle ways as children to grow up 
and, oh, absolutely. and be out of touch with it. Yeah, I agree. You know? I don't know. I somehow I slipped through that. That's good. And I don't know how. But most women I've been with are they take forever and mm-hmm. or they're like shocked if they orgasm they're like minds are blown and I'm like what are you yeah what are you doing like I why mean, don't that's... you know you're it's sad because I'm like what that means you have not explored your body either right right you know it's very it's it's frustrating but it's great that you're helping it's you're like a dose it really is my cause you know you're like it you're like a guy yeah that's that a good, is my point of being here that's a good thing on this earth. um now when you do comedy what do you what do you talk about like it's not like so if it's not about this kind of stuff this is my main like if yeah. i if i'm covering sex and comedy it's all about sex toys yeah i don't well i don't talk about toys because i don't use them but i should I'm now I'm like I should probably talk about the fact that I don't use them right because it's different. kind of funny I look like I probably would be all into the, it, it, people expect me to be more like liberal and progressive and in, in all those ways that I'm just not I'm more, a Ooh. lot more boring than I think I look um, but no I do I mean I talk about my sexuality a lot I talk about my gender a lot I mm-hmm. try to talk about I like to cater to like straight guys and stuff like I just like Ooh. I like like being a comrade with straight guys I mean yeah. like, you know just like right like just That's cute. yeah it's really, like I like that yeah it's it's fun I mean it, it I you know I feel like a lot of times people uh, have called me like I've heard when people back in the day were like you're a gay comic or I've, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, when you're queer people try to put you in that box of like right. you're just a queer comic you're just yeah. a gay comic mm-hmm. so I tr- like I really do try to not focus on that all yeah. the time that's does good. that make sense no that's positive because but I can also, be anything but I also want to talk about my experiences like it's a hard right. ba- I find that to be a really hard balance in this industry yeah I mean I think it's just like whatever you feel like is funny is important to just talk about that's that yeah. that's the main point right I mean why did you want to be a comedian like what inspired you to when did you start I only I started four years ago mm-hmm. um so when I was 32 I I honestly the initial reason why I started doing stand-up is because I felt like I wasn't making any headway in any other way like I was like trying to write and I couldn't really get in front of anybody I didn't know anybody and I just felt like maybe if I put um a face to my voice then that would be helpful in just getting people to see me and know me mm-hmm. um and then I did an open mic and was like oh this is I, everything in the entire world yeah, and then I you can't figured stop. it out and you're yeah. like oh I'm it, it just clicked yeah and nothing great. else had I'd done music I'd done writing I'd worked in nonprofit. like I just you know I just did one of those like I was aroused about I just did jack of all trades tried everything mm-hmm. um, um, and then did stand up and realized, oh, well, that's, you know, that's yeah. what I should be doing. I that's love a that. great, that's a great realization because, you know, it, it is, it is the weirdest job in entertainment because not everybody can do it, but no. the people that do do it have to, you have to. Yeah. And like, I don't know what I did before, you know I mean? I know mm-hmm. I've always been like the comedian in the group right? and I've always done been funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like what the fuck did I do every night before stand up? Yeah, it's like your life opens up. And yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah. oh. And then you're like, the thing is, is that about being comic, it is kind of like um, clerical. Like, it's like you're like, you're the clergy. Yeah. You're called to do it. You do it. And yeah. then that's all you can do. And then you're missing out on most of your friends' birthday parties for the rest of their lives. Everything. Love. Anything love. Your dog related. is screwed unless they're three yeah. pounds like yours yeah, she can and go can everywhere. come everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you basically are in a, a relationship like a nun with God, but it's not God. It's comedy. It's comedy. And laughter. And, and jokes. And, and God hates you. Yeah. <laughs> and God, and God well, wants God, to make things really hard. Well, no, I think, I think God likes to laugh. And, you know, yeah, there's no, like... You're right. There's like some sort of divine intervention that sort of guides you to it. it yes, there is. You know. It's funny. On my... Uh, on my drive out here it's 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 really wonderful that i'm 
doing this with you this week because on my drive out to LA, I moved to LA 14 years ago with my best friend. Mm -hmm. And on the drive out, we listened to you the whole way. Yeah. We had, I had you on CD and yeah, it's so funny. And we would like, you know, take roads where there wasn't radio and we just put you in every single time. And she passed away a year ago this week. Oh no. Yeah. So it's, but it's, which is, you know, very sad, but also really amazing that it's come full circle and, and getting to do this with you now. And it's, it's things like that moments like that, that I look back on. I'm like, I clearly was in always teetering or, or flirting with that or like mm. it was in there somewhere there yeah. was a part of me that felt called to it in some regard maybe I didn't trust myself because the way I grew mm. up or mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of women feel that way or queer people or just people in general but stand-up's fucking scary and yeah. until you try it, it it's this weird entity that doesn't seem approachable or it doesn't seem right. like it's yours right you have to try it and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is mine I have yeah. to do this. And it's uh, it's really amazing to realize that. I mean, it's yeah. really lucky that you got to realize it young. Yeah. And then you got to go for it. I wish and I'd realized it much younger, though. Well, it's like, like it takes what it takes, yeah. you know? And it's like you come to it when you're supposed to. Yeah, you're right. So it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah. And I think it's just, it is the best life. It it's, is the, it's the best. the best. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anything different. Like, yeah. I mean, I do every, at one point every single day, I'm like, should I go back to law school or like be a doctor? Like, what should I, uh-huh. should I like pick something more, you know, secure? I mean, that that's, and no, of course not. But Well, the thing about it is that we do have job security as comedians because you, um, everybody that I know that has to do it is successful. Yeah. They, they get there. Yeah. You know, it's the people that are like, well, not really sure. I don't really like it. I'm like, no, I'm just doing this now. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get acting work. Yeah. Those people fall out. Yeah. But the people who are like, I do this because I, I know I'm supposed to do this and I'm just doing it and I don't care. They always become successful. It may take a little bit of time. Yeah. And sometimes it surprises you because it takes a long time yeah. sometimes. But they get there. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't take any time at all. It's just a very strange thing. But we all get there yeah that's really beautiful and encouraging yeah yeah yeah. you have days where you're like what what am i doing like am i crazy no you know no yeah no i mean i couldn't I would die. I went home for two weeks to Virginia recently mm-hmm. and I, I did like a couple of small shows and it mm-hmm. didn't, I, I was d- losing my mind yeah. not doing it. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And it's hard to come back to it after you haven't done it for a long time mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's like if you keep it close and you do it as much as you can and it's always in the front of your mind, it's going to work out fine. Yeah. You know, when, when did you feel like you knew? How old were you when you started? I started when I was 14 wow, and God, I, that's amazing. um, I just didn't want to be a kid anymore. Yeah. Like, so I just did it. And then I didn't care. Like, I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to do like open mics for the rest of my life. Like, I didn't care what it turned into. Yeah. It didn't matter because I just knew, oh, I'm doing this. And Um. then, you know, it's like uh, things happen, but it was always just the satisfaction of like writing a good joke and it working that kept me going. Yeah. And that's still the most satisfying thing. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. Otherwise, it's not authentic and everyone sees through it. Right. It's like. Yeah. And you're just full of shit. Yeah. And then, but there's like always, there's some people that come around that I'm like, oh, I, I, they really changed the game for me. One of them is Brent Weinbach. Oh, he's a, he's amazing. He's amazing. Every time I see him, Mm -hmm. I I just, there's no one like him right now. No. Nobody. It is so funny. Are there other people that you like like that? Yeah. Um, uh, Hannah Einbinder is a good friend of mine Mm -hmm. and she's really unique she's young she's like 25 and she just is so sure of herself and who she is and 
I'm always thrown. Like, especially because of her age. I'm like, yeah. you seem like you've been doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. and you're so comfortable and timeless, um, yeah. which is really phenomenal. Um, but Brent is, no, when I met him, I lost my mind. Yeah. Like really lost my mind over yeah. him. There's an, oh, I wish I could remember his name, but, but you had um, Daniel Webb. He's phenomenal. He's amazing. He's amazing. I love him. He's so likable. He's so, um, and he looks like Kaya Gerber. He does, yeah. Like he's like, <laughs> He's got this like supermodel DNA yeah. that I'm like, what is going on? If, if he like, if he decided if he was like I'm transitioning, I'd be like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you're you just perfect. Just d- don't like, have to do a thing. He's like really like my joke with him is that he's like an off duty model. Yeah, it's like I'm not wearing makeup right now. I just can't. That's a hundred percent what he is. <laughs> he's like an off duty model. Yeah. Like it's so yeah. He's really funny. He's, he's very funny. He's really engaging and mm-hmm. like just the audience like feels comfortable and safe. Yeah. But he's so fun. He's so fun. And there's a lot of good queer comedians right now that are like him, that are just mm-hmm. kind of busting in. And mm-hmm. we need so much more of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. We need so much. Robbie Hoffman's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, see. Yeah, she's see. queer. And mm-hmm. she's just had this phenomenal upbringing and lived in Canada. And she's queer. She's just like, she's just really interesting. And she's kind of like a Larry David and like mm-hmm. a little queer woman. Like, mm-hmm. but she's great. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there's just a ton of good queer comics coming up yeah. that are yeah. like blowing the lid off of this whole thing, I feel I, like. I, I do I do think that queers have a special we have a special place in comedy because it is like an outsider art form. And queer comedy has always existed. Like there's yeah. like always been a need for that. And it's the one industry too where lesbians make the most money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> it's an aspirational lesbian yep. profession. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, from Ellen on, on, on you know, Wanda, all, all of them. You know, all yeah. of them. Uh, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Uh, oh God, Rosie! I love Rosie. What a great. maniac! I love her. She's so great. She's so great. She's so fun. And um, are you actual pals with her? Yeah, she's really cool. She is like the most hilarious. And you know, we've toured together a bunch. She yeah. helped me out. Like she got me. Um, Stand up spotlight in like 1992. Yeah, she was hosting that show on VH1 then. Yeah, so that's right. She helped me a lot, like in the beginning, and I've always had just a lot of respect and love for yeah. everything she is, all that she's about. She's amazing. She's um she's super cool, and uh she yeah she is like somebody the but yeah talk about like aspirational lesbian oh my god i know yeah you know, like, and just says it like it is and it's yeah. been all of it she's been like the likable like cushy little le- like she's been all of it she's been like league of their own lesbian she's yeah been, you know <laughs> she was in sleepless in seattle like she's just run she's the gamut great. she's great yeah she's i great. like her in exit to eden oh my god <laughs> oh my god movie. yes it's i loved it i love that movie but it's I'm gonna very watch that tonight it's very good sure. but it's like yeah just like it, it, it is like the one place I think because lesbians do well in comedy because we don't care about what men think. No, Paula Poundstone. Oh my god, <gasps> I wanted to be her all time. I want. She's my all time favorite. Is she? She's my she's all-time my all time favorite. favorite. And people are always like, favorite. like, no, she's a genius. Isn't that horrible? Like people like younger. I feel like now oh she's a fucking genius. She's a genius. I stood in line to get her autograph recently. Oh my god, <laughs> I like lost my mind. She's amazing. Yeah, she. Most people know her from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, but. Uh, her comedy is like it is so next level it has always been always she'll do crowd work for an hour yeah forever and kill you she uh did this one show where everybody that went to the bathroom she would go to their chair and put on their jacket (laughs) and go through their pockets and it was so 
funny. God, that's genius. It's so genius, but so easy, like easy she's, to listen yeah. to and weird. Yeah. And she's kind of a weird person. She's very odd. <laughs> but in the most approachable, like Beautiful. you just she's like your weird way. aunt that you just yeah. want to be around all I the want, time. I wore like neckties and like blazers with shoulder pads because I want to <gasps> be her. That's really cute. When I was when I was younger. She, she doesn't have any specials on anything. Like no. you have to YouTube it and they're all grainy. It's so she is really She's the best. very special, yeah. 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 So. I've seen her a bunch definitely like Humphreys in San Diego oh like, wow like just that's great yeah it's great it's like all these like rich San Diego people yeah who like love her yeah you know she is amazing well you you are amazing Thank where you. can people find out to see your shows where can they go you what can, is the best the best would be Instagram mm-hmm. um, at Mav Viola M-A-V-V-I-O-L-A or my website which is mavviola.com mm-hmm. yeah. and you can see us together in the movie Play It As It Lies. Yes, you can. Eliza Schlesinger's movie. Uh, our relationship is in the movie. It, we, you'll have to we're going to have a spinoff. We're sure. going to have a spinoff. <laughs> you have to see the movie uh, to see what happens. But thank you so much yeah, for being here. I thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 365 day returns.